think it's too late. <laughs> is it? It's too late. It's too late to be cute. It's never it's too late. It's always to be cute. too. I am forty-one years old. It is too late to be cute. That's not true. I'm yeah. often cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're adorable. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Did you hear that? I'm adorable. I don't use that word loosely. I I, I don't think I ever use that word kindly. Wait, what? I think every time I say the word adorable, if it's not about like an animal or a baby, I am being rude. Really? Is it like your your version of the Southern? Uh, a bless your, bless heart. your heart. Yes, that's, that's, that's one hundred. That? Well, but oh, more more overtly negative, like more aggressive. Like, give me an example. Like, if somebody says that they, I'm like tr- I'm like trying to think of an example that's not super topical discourse shit right now. Mm-hmm. But like, okay. When someone tells me like, oh, Biden's doing a great job, I'm like, oh, you're adorable. (laughs) Relax, I just want to look good for the boys. What are we doing? Hi, we should just say that what we are and what this is and what what's if I don't going know on. What I am anymore. Nobody does. Nobody does. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi, and welcome to Look Good for the Boys, a horror gossip podcast. I am Philip. I'm Andy. You know what you should do is rate and review us, subscribe to us, and swipe left on us. Swipe left nope. on us. Right. Is it right? It's right. I haven't swipe used right. one of those in so long. It's been a while for me too. Swipe right. <laughs> I had a, I'm, you know what? I'm not telling that story. It's, we're not doing that. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Some other time. Swipe yeah. whatever on us. Do whatever you got to do to tell us you love us. I, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's, that's very open to interpretation. I mean, unless it's a lie. Don't lie to me. You know what? Lie, to lie me. Yeah, lie. Yeah, please. I, like lies. I can't handle I the like truth. I like positive lies. Yeah. We've been over this. Yeah. If you don't like me, I don't want to know. No. If you, if you don't like me, just let me believe that you like me. Right. My brain tells me that you don't like me anyway. I don't need you confirming Yeah, it. right. That's the baseline. <laughs> I just, I assume everyone hates me all the time. So so really, when you say you don't like us, you're just confirming yeah, something. All you're, you're wasting doing... your breath and our time. <laughs> you're just telling me I'm right. But when you say you love us, we're like, oh, wow, really? Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> what do this I do is with new. This? Yeah, do the things. I don't tweet at us, like our Instagram shit. Mm-hmm. Email us. We have an email. I recently discovered. Yeah, yeah. We've had it for almost a year. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, happy twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. It's a what new year. Happy. That doesn't. That word doesn't mean anything yet. Look, the jury's out on on twenty twenty two. We don't know. No, it just started. We don't know. It's like judging a baby. <laughs> Give, I judge every baby I see. <laughs> well, I mean, babies are assholes, but I just mean like judging who a baby's going to become. You yeah, know? Like, okay, fair. Give them a minute. So yeah, but happy new year. Happy new year. I hope whatever that means. Time is a lie. Numbers are meaningless. Who cares? But you know, it's a new something. It is. It's a new time. Yeah. 
I hope that you're doing whatever you wanted to be doing at this time. Nobody is. Let's be honest. Nobody's doing what they wanted I to bet be doing. I there are, is at least one person listening to this who is doing what they want to be doing. Joe Biden. <laughs> is not listening <laughs> to this listening podcast. He's listening to our podcast. <laughs> he's just nodding to himself like, yep, yep, I'm winning this. <laughs> I forgot how to use my podcast machine. <laughs> I was trying to find the podcast called Look Good for the Lobbyists. You're in a very political mood today, aren't I'm you? I'm always in a political mood, baby. Burn it all down. 2022. Uh, we had a good 2021, I think. Mo- I mean, as a podcast. Yeah, not as people, but as a podcast we did. I was okay as people. I was better than 2020, Philip. Yeah, I, things didn't go worse for me. That's a good point. You Which know what? And this day and age sum. is best as we can hope for yeah Yeah, let's just keep things the same or slightly better 2021 was my first full year living in a city that was not los angeles for the first time since i was fucking 27 yeah congratulations so that's pretty good and that's all i got for 2021 we had a podcast yeah we started this we started this show so yeah, thank you all thank you for, for listening. being with us through 2021. We hope you had a good time. We hope we continue to entertain you moving forward to the new year. Yeah. Because we got some good stuff coming up. I think so. We got a lot of stuff for this 2022. We are going to tackle the victims of Scream this year. We're, oh man. We're, we're going to Hot or Not Alive We're going to Hot or Not Alive Scream. Just in time for the new one. We're going to do some Your Wrongs. We've got some Your Wrongs coming up. Yeah. We're gonna... We haven't touched that since the beginning. Yeah, you're right. Thing. The last year wrong we did was the first year wrong we did. Yeah. We got a new one coming. Yeah. We're going to teach you how to make Anne fried rice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you mean to tell me an Anne fried this rice? <laughs> yeah, we're going to be looking at some Anne Rice stuff because she yeah. recently passed. And we're going to be honoring her memory by revisiting two of her most prominent films. Yeah, and she may not be the only person who moved to the great beyond last year that we're going to be looking at this mm. year. We're going to start There's a, a few other honor some people's memories. Yeah, we're going to be doing some in memoriam, but not in your traditional in memoriam kind of deal. We also have some other new segments that we're oh, yeah. creating. I'm excited for Say Something Nice. Yeah, we're going to be doing a Say Something Nice where we take films that we really, really hate and force ourselves to say something nice about them. We're also going to be starting a couples counseling segment just in time for Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, yeah, we're going to be counseling some couples and some throuples yep. this year. We got some Who Were Bests coming. We definitely got some more Hot or Not Alive's coming. I'm excited. Yeah, we got lots of stuff. Yeah. Got a whole year full of stuff for you. Mm-hmm. So buckle up, 2022. We're coming for you. Yeah, ya. we have resolved to give you more of the same. <laughs> we're not changing a <laughs> Or slightly thing. better. Do you, have, better. do you believe in resolutions? Yeah, I make them every year. You do? I do. Man. Okay. Like, wh- okay. Do you, are you one of those people, do you, you don't want to talk about them? Are they like a birthday wish where you're afraid it's not going to come true? I mean, I haven't made them for this year yet, so I couldn't tell you what they are, but oh. I'm, I'm not opposed to talking about them. I'm just, I make very realistic resolutions and they're mm-hmm. not like, I'm going to do X and X thing. It's more just like, this is something that I want to work on with myself. Yeah. You know, this year. Like, it's just more of like, I don't know, getting my mentality focused on a goal. It's very grown up of you. I'm a very, I'm a grown up. <laughs> I became an adult sometime within the last few years. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. Well, that's great. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Good. Congratulations. I'm, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. So, all right. What are we doing today? We're talking about vertical stacks. 
which we've mentioned before, but in case you haven't listened to those other episodes, let's tell you what a vertical stack movie is. Yeah. And the terminology vertical stack is just us. It's something yeah. we say. Yeah, it's we like, made it up. This is one of those obnoxious inside jokes that your friends have that you don't know what it is, but that it makes them laugh. So like one time you hear them say it and you know that it makes your, your other friend laugh that knows what it is. And so you laugh and then you feel weird about it because it's like, shit, I don't know what they're actually talking about. But like, mm-hmm. I see that this is like a social thing that's happening and I want to engage with that. You know what's the worst about what? that scenario is when those friends then call you out on Oh laughing. my God. Yeah. Don't, don't be that person. Yeah, that's, that's like, so oh, mean. I'm sorry. This is between us. You weren't there. Don't do that. I've had that happen multiple times and it hurts. Yeah. Well, you, it's weird because like everyone in the scenario knows what just happened. Right. Don't acknowledge it. Yeah. Like just sit with the discomfort. Well, and, and also you're the asshole who brought up an inside joke in a group of people, you know? That's true. Like, and you're now, already trying to be elitist. We're the assholes bringing up inside joke on our podcast. Well, specifically because we're trying to loop our listeners in. Yeah. So let's move back to that. Okay. We want this to be an inside joke for all of you. It's inc- we, we, we value inclusivity here. We do. And, and look good for the boys. Also, industries. it's not really funny. It's not a joke. No, it's not really. It's just because we were stacking one type of movie a certain way yeah. so, to contrast it with the, the shelf of movies we had. So we have a shelf in my watch room, movie mm-hmm. watch room, where we put all the movies that we need to watch together. And most of them are stuff, you know, from, say, like Vinegar Syndrome, Severin releases, things like that. But then there's this series of films that I would purchase, mo- usually from thrift stores for really cheap, that I knew nothing about, but that I just were clearly direct-to-video titles probably from the last 20 years, say. Mm -hmm. You know, very low budget, sometimes regional, (laughs) or if they aren't regional, they, you know, might, either way might have, you know, like one big name who might be in it for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. They're designed to attract your attention just from the cover alone. Yeah, or they're included in collections. Right, yeah. Like 10 Halloween scare films or whatever, (laughs) you know? With like yeah, a and it's not stuff anyone's cover. talking about. But these were the movies you had that you were buying at thrift stores. Yes. And we stacked them vertically so that we could tell the difference between them and the shelf of because you, and Severin and boutique releases. Because you do have to be in a specific mood to watch most of these movies. Yeah, you have to be in a... You have to be open-minded. Yes. You have to be in a, in a somewhat charitable mood. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of leave certain... I don't want to call them standards, but certain prejudices or preconceptions about film both filmmaking and film survey you know you kind of have to check them at the door with a lot of these and in some cases it is fine to be cynical about them because you know it'll be like oh what the fuck Nicolas Cage is in this movie with Peter Stormare and what Karen Black I guess what is going on (laughs) or or Uh some you know or some or some star from the like Tara Reid I think is in a number of them but you know, those movies kind of were probably put together in a very cynical, like, you know, fringe of Hollywood fashion. Right. I mean, I think there's definitely a significant portion of these vertical stack films that are cheap and cynical cash grabs. Mm-hmm. But there also are a very significant portion of them that are people with very limited resources trying to do something that they love and yeah. have fun with it. And those are the diamonds in the rough yes. often. And so we started calling it the vertical stack because those were the types of movies we put in there. Sort of like how Jallo was called Jalo. These were the types of movies that were in the stack. Mm-hmm. So that became shorthand for movies that we would put in that stack if we had a physical copy of them. Yeah. And that came to mean the, you know, the dregs on the streaming services, the stuff at the bottom of the popularity list. 
Uh, and that, that's, of course, a lot of regional, micro-budget, indie scene stuff. I think what I would want to say just generically about vertical stack films is that they're the kind of movies that can be really fun to just put on to tear apart or to make fun of mm-hmm. or to laugh at. Yeah. But also, and this is the re- part of the reason why we only watch them when we're in a particular mood, there are a lot of diamonds in the rough out there or just stuff with really interesting and unique approaches mm-hmm. or ideas that don't have the studio interference to try to make it more mainstream or accessible. Yeah, because they're not trying to appeal to like such a broad audience. They're not trying to go four quadrant. You know, it's like they don't, you know, on the one hand, they're, they're not getting a lot of notes, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. which is both a good and a bad thing. But but it's mostly, yeah, they don't have studio interference. These aren't films that are trying to get everyone across all these demographics to come out on a Friday night and spend their money at the multiplex. Like, they don't have to answer to that, to those concerns. So you get a lot of, like, more ambitious or interesting stuff with admittedly less polish. And a lot of times you'll watch them, like, the one we're going to talk about today, we picked this movie because cosmetically, when you look at its little thumbnail on the streaming service, it's funny because it's not, like, the title is ridiculous and the cover art is kind of ridiculous and the tagline is ridiculous. So before we get into it, just off of that idea, I think that our approach towards these is more as like like a little sibling that just started going to the same high school as us. Yeah. Where it's like, we are still going to put them in headlocks and, you know, give them noogies and stuff, but nobody else better fucking touch Yeah, you touch better, them. yeah. If you're you not know? coming at it with love, if you don't love this, get the fuck out. Yeah. We, we will protect them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We got an eye on them. Yeah. You know, we got their back, but we're still going to, we're still going to tease them. And a lot of times these films are made by people who've been doing it for a while. Like there Mm -hmm. are scenes, there are communities in a lot of places in this country that have like regional, you know, they are regional film scenes or regional film communities or industries even because you get people that make local commercials and, and work in whatever agencies that are in, in the area or news affiliates, you know, in television. So there are craftspeople involved and there are like sometimes social networks to consider, like people who know each other through, you know, like, and the movie we're going to talk about today is from a a city that has like a tradition of a local regional film scene. So yeah, let's, let's get into it. So the movie we're talking about today is Terror Tory. Terror Tory. T-E-R-R-O-R-T-O-R-Y. One word. Yep. Terror Tory. Which is... Obviously a portmanteau mm-hmm. of terror and territory. I mean, I think people got that. Did I don't they? Think we need to spell that out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I Are hope. You sure. <laughs> so it's a Maryland, right? Maryland regional yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore area, I believe. Maryland regional. Yep, from 2016. Mm-hmm. It's an anthology. Anthology of five segments with a sixth wraparound story. And when you start it, like this was like the trifecta of like when we were looking for something to watch, was like, oh, fuck, this is it. The title, Territory, Territory. again. The cover. Yep, which has three <laughs> of the uh, kind of evils the that villains, will be, yeah. the villains that we'll be discussing. One is the clown and then Smiling Jack, yep. who is basically a bucket pumpkin, like a trick-or-treat bucket. It's like one of the hollow plastic trick-or-treat pails. Head. Headed for a head. Creature. And then... You know, the siren, so that you got the hot girl on the cover. Yeah, well, yeah. And then the tagline, oh my God. specifically. Th- this is what sold us on this movie. Yeah, this was, the, this was the fucking final 
yes, we're doing this. When they said don't go in the woods, they meant here. <laughs> I just love that. It's so great. I love it so much. <laughs> when who said that? <laughs> so the, the overall plot of territory is that there is this area in the woods of Maryland called, you know, the Territory. The Territory. Where, where a lot of really creepy stuff happens. Yeah. Like there's a lot of different monsters and creatures and different areas of this. They say it's a 10-mile radius, which feels really small, actually, for a lot of this. Maryland's not on. very big. Yeah, but 10 miles. Oh, wow, yeah. that's You can get through that in 10 minutes if you're going 60. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're driving. Even running, you yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, if you can run 60 miles an hour, you're still going to get through it in 10 minutes and just, you know... <laughs> I don't believe you can actually run 60 no, miles an no, hour. I don't think so. I could Running, I could get there through it in less than an hour, though. Really? Yeah. Well, what if you had to stop? Why would I have to stop? I don't know. You, get, you don't get those pains in your sides? I'm a runner. Oh, I run right. almost you run every day. I don't day. run. I never run. <laughs> anyway, so it's this 10-mile radius where a lot of creepy shit happens. So the stories are being told by this couple who are staying at this sort of Airbnb inside the territory. I don't know if it's an Airbnb or if it's a house that they're renting that was that came pre-furnished because he said something about being rented to but it's like he doesn't really know the house very well yeah, and there's I mean, stuff in it that's not his like you literally just described an airbnb yeah but he's <laughs> but like okay yeah i, I guess hey, like i mean sure we can not brand it a house rental yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay but it's also like they've got their own stuff in there i don't know yeah i guess it's an airbnb i don't know so they're renting this house inside the territory, yeah. and the guy's telling his partner. Partner, yeah. He's telling her five stories about things that have happened inside the territory. Yeah. I'm going to say it like that every time. The terror territory. Yeah. So my favorite Nirvana song is Territorial Pissings. <laughs> anyway. I like, I really like the movie Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. <laughs> so I think we should start by just giving a little synopsis of the segments. Just really quick. We started the movie and immediately I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> like I start recognizing names because the Baltimore scene is such a thing. Mm -hmm. The Maryland regional film scene is such a thing. And this film involved director of WNUF and indie micro budget filmmaking kind of hero, Chris LaMartina mm -hmm. and his wife, Melissa LaMartina, who you should check out her horror host persona, Aurora Gorealis. Great name. Does just great stuff. Yeah, they were they were involved in the production of this film. Mm -hmm. Melissa's in it. Yeah, she's and, in the segment Smiling Jack. And she does a bunch of makeup effects for it. Mm -hmm. And Chris Chris was a producer on it. So it's just like, yeah, there there are like I recognize two of the names in this movie. And then a few more at the end. It goes to show, like, these films exist in a world. You know, there are communities and scenes around these these types of movies just because they're not as high profile as something else doesn't mean there aren't people talking about them mm -hmm. yeah let's so, talk about the segments so we already kind of mentioned the wraparound basically you know it's this couple and they have a kid and they're staying in this mm -hmm. house and the power goes out so he starts telling her stories that are from this territory yeah and i want to say i like the wraparound yeah like as a wraparound it evolves it's like the wraparound of vhs viral in that like it evolves. It it has a, it becomes its own story. Right. And and most wraparounds do that, but but few of them ever feel like it's on a trajectory the way that this one is. And where it goes, like the the last part of the wraparound mm -hmm. segment is 
great. I yeah. love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I love, so they're basically, as they're telling the story, they're being kind of stalked unknowingly by something with this mask person who has managed to get in their house and is upstairs with the kid and kind of roaming around the house as they're telling these stories. And, yeah. you know, who that person ends up being and then what ends up happening is actually really great. I really love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so that's the segment, Goats. Then next you have the Siren segment. Yeah, which is my, I think, my favorite. Really? Yeah. Okay. There are some strong segments in this. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, again, any micro-budget film that's maybe not a lot of notes happening in the script writing process. There, like, yeah. there are some things that are like, hey, I wish you hadn't done this, or I wish you'd, you know... There are some strong segments in this, but I think I think Siren might be my favorite because Philip, I have a question. What? Did you bring me meat? <laughs> Did you bring me meat? Did you bring me meat? <laughs> <laughs> so basically it's about this hunter who goes into the territory and stumbles across this mostly naked woman who just asks him, Did you bring me meat? <laughs> that's that's basically yeah. the story. Yeah. He tries calling the police. He tries on her. He tries calling <laughs> the police just on her. Just a strange response. There are parts where the scripts in these kind of shine. And I was, it's mostly two directors. It's mostly Kevin Kangas and Dan Doran. Mm-hmm. And I prefer Kangas's segments, I think. But there are some really good script moments. And one of my favorites is him on the phone with the I love that's his response is to just like 911, like the minute she's like, Did you bring me meat? Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, he tries to get away from her and then he ends up right back there. Mm-hmm. And he tries talking to her. Yeah. And, and she just keeps saying, did you bring me meat? Yeah. And when he calls the police, the way he talks about her is like, I think she's in trouble. I think she might need help. Like she's not wearing much. She's not stable. Right. She's and- not, he's not trying to, you know, he's not trying to take advantage of her. He's not trying to like get her in trouble. True. Okay. That's true. By the time he decides to. To act. To act. You can see where he's coming from, I think. I mean, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> maybe it is kind of still an extreme response, but... Yeah. I mean, his his conversation on the phone with the police is a little more understandable. But anyway, the beat, the specific beat of calling 911 is great. Yeah. Where, where the 911 operator is like, Sir, I just have one question. Did you bring her meat? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a, that's a fun segment. And then the second segment is The Prowler. It's about the film shoot in the woods. Yeah, that's the Prowler. The Prowler, okay. And it's, yeah, it's... There's two film shoots in the woods, but... There are two segments about filmmaking, and, and there's even, like, even in the wraparound, there's, the, it opens with the, this dialogue about... Movies. Movies, and I kind of hate that. It's weird, like, I, I like certain meta things, but it's when you start getting proper nouns about it, and you start, like... You go too much into the idea of filmmaking. It's it becomes it's sort of like the writing about writers thing. It's sort of like how a lot of Stephen King books. I'm like I don't care the because the main character is a fucking novelist yeah. every time. Like it's kind of just a thing where it's like just give him a different job right. and do a little research about that job. But in this in movies specifically, it bothers me, and I, it's just like I don't know what it is. It's a feeling more than a list of rules thing. But this film definitely like there's moments where I'm like I oh, shut up. Uh, well, and I mean, The Prowler is definitely one of those segments, but yeah. it, it's not, I mean, actually the other f- segment is worse about that. The other particular. segment is worse about it, but weirdly I forgive it more because, because it's, it's found better. footage. And it's a better segment yeah. just in general. But yeah. first, okay, let's talk about The Prowler. Yeah. So The Prowler is, I mean, it's really just a film shoot in the woods in which ba- it's basically like a slasher. It's a slasher. Yeah. Yeah. It's what? a, a Friday, a Jason analog starts mm-hmm. killing people in the woods, making this movie. And it's really, it doesn't really go 
to many interesting places. Like the yeah. the the little tag at the end, the little punchline at the end, kind of doesn't mean anything. The the fact that he's wearing the other guy's face, right? It's like this is your big thing. It doesn't mean anything at this point. Right. It's one of those segments that's really it is it's just there to highlight the the effects makeup, which are great, which are great, yeah. yeah. And in that way, it works. And the performances, a couple of the performances are really good mm-hmm. in it, but it doesn't. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just it's it's very traditional slasher. It's yeah. not adding anything. One thing I loved about it was that it's star- the segment starts out looking like. Like the type of micro-budget indie film that you would be like, oh, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Like bad sound, bad directing, but like bad, intentionally bad performances. It looks like shit. And you're like, oh, man, a big drop-off in quality between the last segment and this. And especially it being the second segment. Yeah. You're immediately like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, it's one of those where it varies in quality pretty wildly. Because mm-hmm. there are a number of those anthologies in, in regional and in, in, in the vertical stack. Right. But then it's revealed that it's they're making this movie and what you were watching was the movie they were making. And it's like, oh, that is kind of fucking genius. Yeah, it was pretty great. They really got it. They really mm. nailed it to the point where I, like, I was like, oh, God, I hate it. And then they reveal it. And you're like, oh, what? That's brilliant. Well, especially because in a lot of movies nowadays that pull that stunt of, oh, it's just people making a movie. You see it coming you know, and, yeah, and there's no real discernible difference in quality between the movie they're making and the movie that they actually made. Right, but specifically for a, a low-budget vertical stack style film to do that is kind of genius because yeah. you wouldn't see it coming. You would expect it to be this bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You definitely don't see it coming. Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of genius. And so I'll give it a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. And the makeup effects. And the, sure. the guy playing the director is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. All so right. then the next segment... Is Smiling Jack. Smiling Jack. This is the one Melissa La Martina is in. And she's fucking great in it. Yeah, she is really good. Her performance good. is so good. Mm-hmm. This this one has a nice twist in it that happens, you know, the reveal. There's Maybe like a, actually a couple levels of reveal to it. And in that way, it's like well scripted. I love the fact that Smiling Jack, his head is actually the hollow pumpkin jack-o'-lantern plastic trick-or-treat pale yep. to the point where like the fact that it's hollow means something yeah, in the film. Yeah, they actually make, make it a point to show that it is hollow. Like yeah. you see the copyright at the bottom of it or the t- trademark. Yeah, the, yeah, or the made in China yeah, or whatever. Yeah, whatever that <laughs> yeah. is. And, uh, and then he, when he kills people, he cuts their heads open and stuffs their brains into the his head yeah, into his, his bucket head. Bucket head. It's, it's so great. great. It's it. he's just trick or treating for brains. But so I have a question about this segment. So the the whole twist is basically, and you learn this halfway through that this couple that are you know going on this like lovely romantic hike camping trip in the mm-hmm. woods that they're actually making it look like they're this dumb couple going on a hiking trip in the woods specifically to bait Smiling Jack into trying to come and kill them so they can capture him and turn him into the police. Yeah. Because they at the they're going under the assumption that it's a human. Yeah. So knowing all of that, and you learn this halfway through, then you know things obviously don't go well. Mm-hmm. One of the big elements of this is that the guy in it <laughs> has a a ring yeah. that he is going to like conceivably propose. propose. But you know, halfway through you think, okay, well that's just a ruse. But then no. at the end, like they make it clear that it wasn't a ruse, because after he dies, she sees it. And she gets all like choked up. Yeah. And she even takes it and puts the ring on. So he was actually, so he chose a bounty trip as a place to also yeah. propose. Well, this guy, look, he's not very likable for a lot of reasons. Right. But that, yeah, that is one of those, it's one of those things where 
again, you don't have anyone telling you no as a filmmaker, right? Which is great, but also there are certain there are things in a lot of these segments where it's like, mm, I feel like someone would have given you a note about that in the script. Would have oh said God. like, this might be a little you're putting a hat on a hat here, or you're like you're doing a double reveal, like, and it's like just kind of keep it simple and stick to one thing. And it's weird because. It's not bad necessarily, especially when we're talking about movies like this. It's like, wow, a different film would have said to streamline this a little bit and leave that out. And so it feels busy. Like it's like the dolls in the house of the Airbnb. Yeah. It's just extra stuff. Yeah. Like, what is this? I think specifically, what my question is, is mm-hmm. thinking of the diegetic reality of this segment. At what point was he planning on proposing? Because the, his whole plan, their plan was to capture Smiling Jack at gunpoint, handcuff him, and take him to the police. Which doesn't make a lot of sense on its own. Right. You know, he's, they think it's, he thinks it's going to make him famous. Right. Is his whole thing about it. Yeah, and they're going to, they're filming it. Yeah. But when was he going to propose? Was it going to be after they captured him, just in front of Smiling Jack? I mean, that is kind of a way to guarantee it goes viral, you know? Like, it's like a double thing. It's honestly kind of smart because it's like, you know, oh, today's viral video audience the people that aren't just out there looking for viral videos all day, if it's just a killer getting captured, they might miss it. And like mm-hmm. interests are so specialized and nicheified that like only the true crime people are going to share this if it's just a video about smiling check. But if I fucking propose to her <laughs> once we bust him, then that's going to get, you know, that's grandma sharing it on Facebook because it's a fucking proposal. So it is kind of a way to guarantee a wider audience for your viral video if being a viral video guy is your concern. In which case, that that's why you're proposing to your girlfriend. You got to stop and think about this, man. Yeah. This is a big decision you're making. Right. That and it, like that's a very personal, you know, thing to yeah. also combine with a bounty hunting. Yeah. Also, what if she says no? Right. I mean, I feel like if he's willing to do that, I think I he's kind of hoping for either because either way it's going to go viral. Yeah. yeah you know? That's true. Do you think she would? Well, yeah, she did say yes. She would have said yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, did. she put the ring on even after he was dead. But and that's that, also maybe the fact that he's dead played into that decision, you know? True. Like, if he was She's not going to hurt his feelings. True. Yeah. You know, she's not going to. When, when somebody's dead, you miss them. You're going to not yeah. think about, like, the truth of saying I, I do to them <laughs> because you don't actually have to. Like, the, putting that ring on yeah. cost her nothing. Don't make. Well, except her life. Big decisions, like, immediately after your partner has died. Give it a couple weeks yeah, to think right? about and then say, okay, yes or no. Agreed. (laughs) All right, so that's Smiling Jack. And then we have the The drone drone, collector. The drone collector, which is it's fun. Yeah. I like the I really like the final girl in that one. Yeah, she's kind of a mess. Yeah. She when she's running and walking, it's like she's a top like she it's like she doesn't know how to run. Yeah. And I kind of love it. I don't know why. It, well, there's a, there's a chaos to her yeah. movement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's like a panic in her the entire yeah. time. So it's basically about this group of four friends who are hiking in the woods, and then they start getting attacked by drones. Yeah, after they fight with a boomer. They get yeah. into an argument with a boomer on the trail. Yeah, who then, also gets attacked by drones. Yeah, yeah they get killed. Oh, there's a guy who does all this cool parkour through oh, yeah, the forest. Yeah. yeah. And then when he dies, you're like, ah. Yeah, that was kind of, I mean, it's it's a cool death, but it was also kind of weak. Yeah. You like, know, that it's like his parkour kills him, not the drones. It does this thing, though, that I really like where you take the capable character, like the character that you're like, oh, if anybody can get them out of it, it's this guy. Right. And then you kill them in the most humiliating, stupid way. 
Yeah. I, like and I, I love that in movies. I do. I really do. I mean, if it's done right. It can be done in a way that's annoying. Mm-hmm. But like when, when you... Because the thing is, you can't have the character who has the resources and the calm demeanor and the know-how to stop your threat survive. Right. Because then that's not how drama works. Like you don't want to watch it go according to plan. There need to be stakes. It's like when you bring like a a well-armed cop character or ex-military character into a thing. It's like, well, you got to kill this guy pretty quick or this movie's going to be too easy. Okay, yeah. And I so I like that. that. And I, lo- I do often love it when it's like a, like a, like literally slipped on a banana peel and fell down a flight of stairs and broke his neck kind of a deal. Like mm-hmm. when it's something stupid, like when it's just like reaffirming the like, no, this takes place in a world where hazard still exists too. And things that are not your main threat can kill people. You know, you've really sold me on that death, actually. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, co- I really like your take. It's one of those lot. things where, like, it happens and you're sad. You're immediately like, God damn it, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. But you're like, also, mm, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Like, you were so caught up in the drone being the problem. You didn't think that, like, you know, sometimes you just trip over your own two fucking feet. You're right. I like it. It's genius. So that's the drone <laughs> segment. <laughs> All right. And anything else? About and the, the I love the reveal in the drone segment. Yeah, I love oh, what it a, turns yeah, out absolutely. to be. I and I love that moment where she spins the chair around. And yeah, it's so great. Yeah, the ending of that is great. The different ways that the drones kill people is great. As yeah, well. they're not doing just the same thing over and over. In fact, again. I, they don't repeat themselves once. I mean, not that many people die, but yeah, they're all different. Yeah. All right, and then our final segment is the Midnight Clown, which <laughs> is this urban legend about this. So it's about this film crew that yeah. goes out to film this horror movie and they're camping out in the woods and then there's a urban legend that this midnight clown shows up at midnight, obviously, and then he'll kill everybody in a group but one person. Yeah. And it's found footage. And I do like that. That is one of the things where like the film speak meta-ness of it, I kind of like. Yeah, and- normally the the like film guy. So in this case, it's the... I mean, their whole film crew, but in this case, the guy who's being the film guy is the yeah. DP, yeah, the director of photography. And normally that character I hate, but I actually yeah. liked him in this. Yeah, I kind of did too. I like, I like when he's like, wait, you're shooting on four different fucking formats? How am I going to fucking edit this? And I love the guy's like, wait, you're not using this program? And he's like, no, he's using Final Cut. And he's like, nobody uses Final Cut anymore. And I just love that. <laughs> yeah. I do love that. Yeah, and, and he has a lot of bits like that that are, mm-hmm. that are pretty great, like yeah. filmmaking bits. And there's still some stuff. Like, it doesn't make any sense when they're like, oh, we don't have tents, that they would still be doing it. I feel like I'd be like, okay, well, now we're done for the day. You didn't bring the tents? Right. We're not doing this. It's we go home and we shoot another time. There are things like that that are in it that are like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, overall, I mean, it's it's fine. It, I like the clown and I like what they do with the clown. I feel like when I first saw the clown, I was just like, oh, you could have done better. But they never take it to an aggressive place with the clown. Like the clown just kind of stays in the same kind of character the whole time, mm-hmm. which I really love. The thing is, is the characters are all mostly unlikable. Mm-hmm. They all definitely hate each other. Yeah, they really hate each like other. Like it's the it's they're doing the thing that you that is really annoying in a lot of found footage, where it's unearned, you know, drama. It's like people just mad at each other to be mad at each other. There's a lot of that, and yeah, the clown doesn't do a whole lot of cool stuff. Right. But the guy playing the clown is good. I love the clown's makeup. Yeah. And it, it doesn't violate any of its tone or themes, you know? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any promises it can't keep, and it, and it kind of remains consistent. And I think that's what I mean when I say, and like what, kind of what you said about it doesn't do a lot of cool stuff or unique stuff or variations of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is just like this 
level of threat. You yeah. Know? Like it's like a consistent level of threat that's yeah. just like killing them one by one. Except there for one at one point where a character's like, oh, let's go that way. And it's like the other character's mad at them because like, no, that's the way the clown went. And it's like, you literally just watched this clown actually teleport. Right. It really doesn't matter which way you, you go. You, should you know have, this. You know this. <laughs> you know that this clown can go anywhere it wants to go. And I like the balloon stuff a lot. Yeah. I don't know why, but the 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 first bunch of balloons they show in the trees, I like that. I like that. And then a lot. when the girls got like, covered in balloons. That was my favorite way to end that. Yeah. That was a great way to end it. Yeah. That, so one person is allowed to survive and at daybreak the survivor, she he she's just like covered in balloons, covered in balloons. and sent away. To, yeah. And she's like walking away slowly, like crying. It's <laughs> I, like it's I don't know why, but it's such a great ending. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I do like that a lot. It's great. Yeah. So you said your favorite segment is the siren. Yes. Okay. I think my favorite segment, gosh, that's tough. I think it might be the drones. I can see that. Yeah. 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 Chopping mall in the woods. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It is chopping mall in the woods. <laughs> I, yeah, I like that too. Again, I like all the segments. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain writing or editing hiccups or just like here and there and a general lack of polish, which you, you know, again, coming into movies like this, that needs to be forgiven immediately. Right, yeah. But there's also little, like there, it's consistent. And I didn't, dis, I don't think I disliked any of the segments, despite a few of them having things where I was like, eh. you know, I still liked them all because they did the things that they meant to do pretty well. And they were well-crafted. I love the music. Mm-hmm. The music is fucking great the whole way through. And it's all shot pretty well. I like the way they use bird noises in the uh, the Smiling Jack. Towards the end, there's... So, I don't know. I, I, I need to watch it again because mm-hmm. I want to know if it means anything. Okay. But I noticed that there's a couple times where like it draws attention to the fact that the birds are making a bunch of noises and then they stop. Mm, like kind I of totally abruptly making noises yeah towards the end so i want to i want to rewatch it to see if it's like a thing throughout i really want to watch territory too oh my god i definitely need to see territory too yeah yeah territory too territory say that too. say that 10 <laughs> times fast i like the world that they created the the whole opening credits right like over the map of the territory over the map of the territory is like is like it's a map with like the things listed so I actually have it up right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I pulled it up for this. So this map has listed all of the different threats all over the territory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, five, obviously five of them we've covered. Yeah. Or six. Yeah, six, because including the wraparound, there's including six of them Including goats, covered. yeah. Yep. So there's goats. We've got goats, the Midnight Clown, the Drone Collector, Smiling Jack, and the Prowler. The Prowler. And those are the only... Those the, are the Siren. F- and the, oh, yeah, the, the Siren. My favorite one. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about it. But there's a number of other ones that they reference, and then also the map kind of fills them all out. So I had called out, because, okay, it's the woods of Mar- outside Maryland. Yeah. So I'd even said, I was like, I wonder if the Blair Witch is in here yeah. somewhere. She's actually on the map. She is, really? The Blair Witch oh, is of on course. There, and Burkittsville okay. is on the map. Oh, it, of Burkittsville course. is within the territory. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. with Blair Witch lives outside the territory. You know, how's she going to send her kids to school in the territory? <laughs> right, yeah. Says, there's a zoning, there's, there are zoning things. I mean, here. it has clear boundaries. Yeah. You know? She, who's on the city council of the territory? <laughs> well, I mean, there's multiple it's, cities. Yeah. So that's the problem. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's a whole, and a state park. So there's a lot of different jurisdictional issues yeah. with this territory. Yeah. Nobody is really in charge. Watch the it. Republicans try to gerrymander the territory. <laughs> they probably already have. Uh, of course they have. Of course they have. I'm tired of the people in the territory voting against their own interests. <laughs> right. 
That's how we get assholes like the Midnight Clown running things. Well, when you have five different towns, you know, it's really hard to get people all on the same <laughs> yeah, page. That's true. That's a lot that's of different local government. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like industry and probably high school and college football differences at work. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So the Blair Witch is there. Slenderman is also in the territory. I mean, uh, Slender Man's really wherever you want him to be. I mean, but he has a specific geographical location set out in the territory. So maybe that's just like his home base. I feel like that's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, there's there's like a there's a town named Paris in like every state. <laughs> every every <laughs> like, state has a Slender Man. Every state's got a Slender Man. Yeah. <laughs> every town's got a Slender Man. Sorry. Okay. So okay. Slender Man. So do you want me to just read them all? I remember there was one called The Howling Darkness. I want to see that one. I want to see the Taking Man. Oh yeah, the t- I don't see the Taking Man on here. There's uh, the Prophetic Vulture. The Prophetic Vulture. I really want to know yeah. more about. Yeah. There's Digger. There's Two Headed Torso. Demon Truck. Oh, Two Headed Torso was one I was like, man, I yeah, want to know what that's I about. See that. Catacombs. The Whispering Cadaver. The Succubus. There's oh, the Succubus and a Siren. I, you know, I will say this about territory. They are progressive if they're willing to un- to acknowledge that there's a distinction between a succubus and a siren, mm-hmm. they're on the right that. side of history. They're looking to the future <laughs> in the territory. Yeah. There's also sliths. What the fuck is a slith? It's not a slithis, is it? What is that? It's a snake monster, man, if I remember correctly. Or I might be confusing it with... Okay, that might be based on... So I just looked up slith, our sentient serpentine species native to the moon, Yavin 13. What is that's, this? Uh, okay, that's Star Wars. It is? Yeah, Yavin is the, the Battle of Yavin is the end of the Star Wars New Hope. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to read, so maybe it does say Slithis. <laughs> All right. Anyway, then <laughs> the we The jury's have, still out. It is. We need to we contact gotta, the filmmakers. We're going to have this. to write to the Territory Chamber of Commerce and get an answer. Yep. <laughs> you know, we don't want to lump a Slith in with a Slithis because right. they're to- to- totally different things. Do you think that if we contacted the Chamber of Commerce, they would give us a more detailed map? This one feels kind of more homemade. Yeah, I'd also like to ask them why they're still acknowledging Rape Claws, because he's problematic, I'm sure. I mean, if that's Are his name. Are you sure Rape Claws is a he? What if it's just Claws? Oh my God, like it. <laughs> I don't know. There are a lot of questions about Rape Claws. Yeah. Questions I'm not sure I want answered. No. 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 I mean, look, you got that one word in your name. I don't care if you earned that reputation. You've no. got it, and you need to do something about it. Yeah, whatever follows or precedes the word rape, I don't want to yeah, have you need anything to, to do with it. You need you. to make sure that that's not how you're branded. Yeah. And if and if and if it's just, then you need to not be in the territory. Yeah, I feel like the rest of these villains, these threats need to band together and cancel rape clause. Yeah, get them out of there. Yeah. Already. We don't need that. We don't need in the territory. Yeah, no. We need more sirens and succubi, less rape clause. Yes. Yeah. Hell, I'd take another smiling jack. Yeah, easily. Or, you know what? How about a wicked tin man? Oh, that's right. There's a Wicked Tin Man in there. There's also a Goat Man. Oh, uh, well, Goat Man is just a classic. There's also the Devil's Bed. I really want to know what that is. Ooh. I'd sleep in the Devil's Bed. Yeah. That's where the succubus goes? No, they're on opposite sides of the territory. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes you, you get <laughs> a good enough move. job, you're going to commute a while for it. <laughs> um, maybe she takes. Maybe the succubus takes people to this, the Devil's Bed because it's like, you know, I live with my parents. I got a place that I go, though. Yeah. Yeah. Devil's Bed is right near Crybaby Bridge. Oh, well, that's... You go to the Devil's Bed, you get a crybaby. It's what happens. <laughs> you already mentioned Howling Darkness. That's why you gotta, you, know, you gotta wrap it up when you go to the Devil's Bed. You don't want no crying ba- crybabies. Yeah, right? Unless Al- it's... <laughs> always wrap it up. Yeah. 
I mean, anywhere you go, but especially the devil's bed. I mean, this is Maryland, so Crybaby Bridge has to be a John Waters thing. For sure. Yeah. yeah easy. Sorry, what was the one you said after Crybaby Bridge? You already mentioned Howling Darkness. Yep. There's an unmarked grave. Oh, there's always an unmarked grave. I really want to know what the fuck is the extinguished. <laughs> Whoa. I want that segment. Yeah. There's Mad Echo's Cavern. There is the Forsaken Sister. Oh, golly. And finally- That's the Succubus' sister. <laughs> I mean, they are kind of close to each other. Nope, just kidding. They're on opposite sides of the territory. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta- You gotta just keep apart. Yeah. If you're a Forsaken Sister, some, you can't be near your sisterly succubus. No, you gotta, you gotta have some distance and kind of get out of that shadow. Yep. And finally, the Grave of the Beholder. Mm. Oh, which is naturally where the Beholder is. I'm glad that's marked. Yeah, Unlike right. the unmarked grave. Yeah. Poor unmarked grave person. Yeah. At least the beholder got is known. Well, that's what happens when you're a beholder. Yeah. You get you, you, you get known. You get beheld. <laughs> the beholder is the beheld sometimes. Mm-hmm. Look, we were all beholding. We were. We're all just we're all we're all just trying to behold. <laughs> that's all, that's all we want out of life is to behold and be held. Yeah, I think that's a bright eyes song. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Quite a crowded territory. That's a lot for a 10 mile radius. That's like one thing every mile. I want to know. I got a couple questions. It, okay. yeah, it is crowded. It is. Look, that's what we got to get rape claws out of there. If for no other reason than we need to open up some space. You know, the rape clause is actually on the southern tip of the territory. Oh, of it would be really easy to rezone the territory to just cut the rape claws out of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you wouldn't be losing much. No. There's probably what, like, I don't know, maybe one of the good Taco Bells is there. And it's it's always a shame to lose a good Taco Bell, but yeah, right. But you got to do what you got to do to yeah. get rape claws out of the territory. Yeah, it's I'd, I'd give up a good Taco Bell to get rid of rape claws. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I mean, cool, look, I don't want to be called a hero or anything. I'm just doing my part as an ally. Um, I'm sorry. So look, what was I gonna say? I had some questions. You have questions. Is the meat guy still alive? The 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 guy with the siren. Yeah. I mean, she only ate his cheek. He could survive right? that. He's. Did she just snack on him a little bit and then he and he leaves? What made because us... somebody oh, had right. to tell the story. Yeah, because that's the thing. And a number of these segments do this because the, the, the whole idea behind this is that these are legends of this area that this guy is telling. Yeah, and she, there are a couple interruptions. And one of my favorite is in Smiling Jack when he's holding up the, the ring to yeah. Smiling Jack. And she's like, wait, is he proposing to Smiling Jack? And the guy's like, he's lost a lot of blood. He's not thinking right. I, I do kind of <laughs> love that. That is a great interruption. But in in The Siren, she, at the end, she's like, that's not true. And he's like, it is true. The Right? He's like, the witness said, or whatever. Well, that's a th- here's the thing about urban legends that this film doesn't really address, is that what makes urban legends believable is that there has to be a way that this information gets passed on. Yeah. And so if nobody survives an encounter in the deep woods, there's no way, you know, it would immediately get discounted. So I would have to assume in, you know, the diegetic reality of this film that he survives. He survived. Because imagine telling that story to somebody and then being like, and then he died. Well, it's like, well, then that's not true. (laughs) Yeah, because who told it if he died? Right? Yeah. Who, I mean, did you talk to the siren? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I met the siren. She's actually nice. She just wanted you know, meat. You should, you should really hear her just side of this story. Just talk to her after she's had her meat. Yeah. You know how guys are. Mm-hmm. They like they kind of defend their actions. She just wanted some meat. She just ate part of his face yeah. and then let him go. Also, 
in the Prowler. The woman who got both of her fucking eyes gouged out shouts behind you at someone at one point. Which gets one of the crew members killed. Because yeah. he, the guy she says it to immediately turns around and throws the axe into the chest of a crew member. Yeah. So that was irresponsible of her. I don't, you know, like. Yeah, why is she shouting anything? Yeah. She can't see. Yeah, her eyes were gouged I out. mean, she might have heard crunching leaves. But don't just assume that's the killer. Also, you've had your eyes gouged out for all of 30 seconds. Yeah. How do you already like have an echolocation ability? Yeah, right. Like like a media daredevil. Yeah, she's automatically got radar. That's not how it works. Although there's also this unclear thing at the end where and maybe this is a an error in the film, like a goof or maybe it's we read it wrong, but she opens her eyes. Yeah, I think it was a bad makeup job on one of the eyes. Yeah. Or not bad, but like you could see the because yeah, she one of her eyes is open, but there's still makeup on it, like there's still gougy makeup. Yeah, but ab- but then I wonder, it. it's like, does, did something else happen to her eyes? Her eyes? Like, does yeah. she still have vision? But I don't no, because then she wouldn't have screamed behind you because she would have seen that it was somebody she knew. Yeah, exactly. Unless she just didn't like that guy and wanted him to <laughs> yeah. get killed. Maybe that's it. What if she never had any trauma happen to her eyes? She just <laughs> she just she faked. Just she just put a bunch of blood up. on it. Yeah. I mean, because they do, they make a point to sh- say that they have access to fake blood. Maybe she just did that just to kill that guy. That's true. They're on, she's on a movie, a horror movie set. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's also, wait, isn't the guy that, that gets killed there the guy that was jerking off? Isn't yeah. it the guy that was masturbating it to the is. people who were having sex in the tent? Okay, so you know what? I'm fine with him gone. Yeah. Also, I mean, he was masturbating furiously. Yeah. That looked like it hurt. Yeah. And he couldn't see anything. Right. He was masturbating to two people going inside a tent. <laughs> and they hadn't even started fucking yet. And they weren't even like talking dirty. No. You know what I mean? Like they if, were making out. Yeah. Then they weren't even making that loud of noises. So like he was just masturbating to an idea. He could have done that anywhere. Yeah. If you're using your imagination, you don't have to stand outside someone's tent to do it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe tents are his kink. Maybe I mean, he was masturbating to the tent, and the fact that two people were inside it was just a coincidence. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe it's the humiliation thing and the the possibility of getting caught thing is his kink. So he has to masturbate near a tent where there are people because mm. how else is it gonna? He's gonna potentially get caught. Right. Right. Without yeah, it doesn't actually matter. getting caught. It doesn't matter what the people in the tent are yeah. doing. What matters is that he's just yeah, masturbating near people. Yeah, they could be going in there to like. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what else they would be going into the tent to do, but... Have a heart-to-heart. Yeah. You know, talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. Can I also point out, though, that his orgasm is one of the saddest orgasms I've ever seen It's like It's film. like it... Yeah, it's like it doesn't matter to him. Yeah, it's so yeah. it's so weak. It barely registers on his face. It re- Yeah, it really is like a, well, I just have to do this. Yeah, it's, it's a compulsion. Yeah. It's, I think he's got some issues. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel for him. Yeah, I hope know? he's found peace. Well, I mean, he's dead, so... <laughs> After getting an axe in his chest. Yeah. yeah. His problems are over, unless you can masturbate in the afterlife. If there is an afterlife, mm-hmm. and you can't masturbate in it, I I want out. Okay, but what about somebody like him who has a problem with masturbation? I don't... I Look, I don't... I feel like if it's an afterlife worth being an afterlife, problems like that get solved somehow. It all shakes out somehow. I don't know. What do you want from me? I want to know the relationship between the afterlife and masturbation. I don't, I can barely understand like the zoning ordinances in the territory. <laughs> I don't even really, you know, I, I can't, can't expect me to have a grasp on the mechanics of the afterlife and how it applies to like. This is something I've always wanted to know, but yeah, we don't have to unpack we it don't now. Have to it's get just into something. This now. I want to put it in your hopper. 
Let it marinate. Put it in my smiling jack head <laughs> with some brains. Take this brain God, chunk and put it in your hollow head. Yeah. I love that so much. It is great. Especially because when I found out that it was a hollow bucket head, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then when he started doing that, I was like, okay, that's genius. That's kind of genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was a fan of this. I was. It's weird because, yeah, there's moments of it that are like, eh. but overall, this is the, this is why I watch these. Yeah. It's because you find stuff like this. It's like, oh, it's interesting. Yeah. You know? Stuff that nobody else is really doing because, you know, they have too many checks and balances yeah. in their systems. This yeah. is the dictatorship of the film world. And I, <laughs> these are like little micro countries run by dictators. And yeah. It's, you know. It's fascinating. Yeah. And it has the same, I mean, not the same caliber of problems of actual dictatorships. <laughs> no, no. That was a poor analogy, and I apologize immediately for it. Well, I was good. I was trying to like find some way to be like, yeah, and like a mini like an actual dictatorship, these are the things that it's ambitious, but also flawed. Like, and it's like, nope, actually yeah, that falls apart real quick. <laughs> but they are I like them. I like territory. It's do I recommend it if you're a person that can watch stuff like this yeah, without if, thinking you're above it. And that's the thing, is with this vertical stack segment. It's we're coming at it from the angle of love, of mm-hmm. care, and of understanding that these films don't have the resources to make a full big budget film. Yeah. You know, so we're it's it's contextual. So if you can watch a movie understanding the context, then yeah, absolutely, I would recommend Territory. And, and if you're looking for appropriate context, I recommend following Chris Lamartina on Twitter because he, as part of the WNUF sequel fundraising push, he was doing. He was posting a lot of stories about his experiences and the lessons he's learned as a, you know, low, low micro budget indie filmmaker in this regional scene, like making movies for years and years and years. And he's now reposting them on Twitter and as these like threads of like, you know, different little anecdotes about what it was like casting for this thing and what he learned from that and what it was like fundraising for this thing and what he learned from that or what it was like trying to get a location for this film and it's all very interesting and enlightening stuff Mm. and it really does like hammer home the point that like these are people that are doing this because they want to they want to make a film and they just have to do it so they do it you know these are often people that have other regular jobs Mm. a lot of them not in this field and i i find that stuff as compelling, if not more, than like discourse about high profile releases and, you know, the stories behind the making of whatever other thing. It's like you know, these are people that are really doing it because of love. Right. I think we more people should celebrate that. And they are films that have audiences. People watch them because mm-hmm. they get put on these services. Yeah. Well and, and I think that it makes them easy to find and watch, but also waters can water it down a lot. Like it's hard to, you know, wade through these thousands of titles that fit into this category. Yeah, I mean, that is part of the problem is that when you're scrolling right on any of these... Or down. Or down on any of these streaming services, it's like, it just never ends. Yeah. And it can get overwhelming, you know? And especially if you want, like, this is the world you want to go into. Like, if you are a, a person that lives outside of Los Angeles or New York or, you know, outside of a place that even has, like, a strong regional industry and you want to do this, God, it's got to be disheartening sometimes to be like, fuck, I just, I'm a drop in the ocean. But at the same time, maybe you look at these things and you're like, hey, other people are doing it. I can do it. This person can do it. I can do it. And sometimes it is good to watch one of these movies that fucking sucks <laughs> because you're like, 
They did it though. Right. They made yeah. it. They got it made. Because I'll tell you, I feel that way about a lot of high profile praised releases even like movies that people like and make a lot of money i look at them and I'm like jesus fucking christ if this asshole could finish this piece of shit i should be doing it mm-hmm. you know i mean obviously i have discipline and attention issues but i don't know <laughs> i don't know what my point is i, I like the good ones yeah and this when, is a and good one good and bad they're all you're right they're all very motivational you yeah. know it's when you think about it in the context of this, that it's amazing to watch somebody making something happen with very limited resources in a, in a way that they're doing what they love, regardless of the things working against them yeah. and making it work somehow yeah. Yeah. You know, of putting out a complete product. And it really does because of that, it blurs the line of this, this idea of the good, bad binary, you know, and I feel bad even using those terms really to describe any of this. Obviously you watch one every now and then it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is God awful. And every now and then you watch one that's like, wow, on almost every level, this is a success. Why does this person not get more resources, you know? Right. And so the, the good, bad binary, I feel bad even using those terms most of the time when it comes to these films, because it's like, it's not about that, right. you know? Did they finish it? Then it's good, you know? Because they these aren't people getting paid all this money and they're sticking to it. I would more say, did they finish it? Good for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? good for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whether it's good for us, sometimes it yeah. is, sometimes it's not. And I'm not... I'm not going to hesitate to call out the bullshit in, in some of these films, especially the more cynical yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean, even know? in this movie, there's some, like, like I, there's some dialogue that's like, ah, shut the fuck up. Although I do like his, like, ha- ha- happy ending. Like, a lot of the sex talk between the wraparound couple is kind of annoying. Yeah. But when he's like, a happy ending is me coming. I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's that's just great. <laughs> oh, man. But also, the, yeah, these guys, Kevin Kangas, he managed to make a sequel, right? Was he involved in the sequel? I think it's his movie. Okay, because I know the La Martinez I don't think are involved in the sequel. I think it is mostly Kevin Kangas. Okay. I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see it. Well, both Terror Tori and Terror Tori 2 are available for free on Tubi. Yeah, you can currently watch them on Tubi. Probably should have led with that. Probably. And you should watch Tubi. What? I think I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) Watch Tubi is what Andy says. Tubi's a great app. I love Tubi find a lot of good stuff on there yeah and it is honestly i will say i do actually have a lot of fun just going into the horror section of tubi and just scrolling aimlessly down and stopping at a random point and picking mm-hmm. a movie yeah because you will watch stuff that you, you, you yeah that nobody's of. that people aren't talking about yeah. on the websites or on twitter mm-hmm. and it's like holy shit this is a thing that, that people did good or bad it's gonna be surprising yeah it's gonna be a journey <laughs> you know <laughs> That's the thing about vertical yeah. stack movies is that they're journeys. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Wow. All right. I think we're good. Yeah, this was, this was, yeah. I, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I'm not going to masturbate furiously about it, but it's fine. Really? What if I was, what if you were outside of a tent that two people had just gone into? I mean, that's not my kink. That's, okay. That's not what makes me masturbate. Sorry, furiously. that was what I found most relatable about yeah. any character in was this movie. that guy masturbating outside the tent? <laughs> no. Anyway. Anyway. All right, Andy. What? Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Yeah. So, bye, good luck. Yeah. Bye, good luck. We'll see you next week. Yep. Next week for Hot or Not Alive. It's going to be great. Yeah. All right. Until then, bye, good luck. TTFN. Did you bring me meat? <laughs>